Bo, thank you so much for the chance to chat with you, though. It really is a genuine pleasure, and I'm, I'm so grateful for the opportunity. Um, the, the film is wonderful. The film is wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and I, it, it, I guess uh, the first thing I want to ask is, too, what was it like working with, uh, with Anton? Because I know Anton has such a unique vision of his own, and as an artist yourself, um, what that process was like to bring the film to life. Well, to be honest with you, what happened was I uh, was approached by Colin Firth, the actor, who said, um, I have a production company and I'd like to make a film about you. Has anybody else done? I said, no, there's been a few, um, you know, the documentaries. Uh, and he said, OK, well, let's do it. Let's make a proper, you know, proper feature film about hypnosis. And he says, is there anybody that you would like to work with as a director? And I said, there's only one for me, and that's Anton Corbin. So I flew to Amsterdam to talk to Anton and we had lunch. And after the first sort of couple of hours, my producer said, you know, I don't think he wants to do it. I think he's, he's not comfortable about it. And I understand that because you're asking somebody who's very well known in their own field of record covers and, and photographs to make a documentary about another uh, person in a similar genre. Mm. And he went away and he, he made a phone call and he came back and he sat down and he said, I've had a thought about it in the last few minutes. I want to do it. And that was it. And I could not think of anybody else at all, no director other than him to do it. And it's his style stamped all over it. It's his interpretation of hypnosis, which is truthful and honest. And I told him from the beginning that I didn't want anything to do with the filmmaking process. All I wanted to do was be interviewed and he should make the film as he saw it, warts and all, whether he thought uh, it was bad, good or indifferent. He should tell it how it was. And I have to say the result is remarkably accurate and, and very kind to the legacy of hypnosis. Absolutely. And, and that's one of the things that I think is so incredible about this film is as much as it's about hypnosis, it's also a story about the relationship between you and Storm and, and that creative process. Um, I was wondering between uh, from from your perspective, how did that relationship help fuel the creative energy? Because I know that that's one of the things that comes up in, in the film. Well, the thing is that we both had separate roles in hypnosis, really. Um, which overlapped and it was partly through circumstance because Storm was divorced and was left to look after a young child so there was no way that he could go away and and ferment his ideas and, and turn them into a solid uh, picture um, whereas I did, was free so and I was the better photographer of us both without any question. So I would take his ideas and interpret them in my own way. And this worked to our advantage tremendously because we'd often meet late at night during the week and thrash out ideas. And then we'd manage to sell them to somebody, to some rock band. And then I'd go off and, 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 and do the picture. And then the fun games would start because when I came back, as a photographer, I was always concerned about the composition, about the time of day, about how it looked, 
you know, uh, the, the color or black and white or whatever it should be, where Storm was never interested in that. He was only interested in the idea. As far as he was concerned, many of hypnosis ideas could have been shot in his kitchen sink. But I was the one that had the style. And that was essential, really, to give these pictures the, the grace that they have. I mean, if you look at The Man on Fire, I wish you were here. You know, I went to Hollywood. I actually set a man on fire. Uh, and without doing that, if we'd done that in somewhere in London, it just wouldn't have looked the same. You had to have the sort of atmosphere of the place. You had to have the intensity and emotional attachment to the picture, which is what makes it look good, what makes it look dangerous. And um, so Storm and I, we bounced off each other really well like that. We had furious arguments always about what was the best picture at the end of the day. And, uh, you know, I often threw a Hasselblad across the, <laughs> the studio at him for being so frustrating. But nevertheless, uh, as, a, as a working creative relationship, we never really fell out until much later in the day. And, and I think we complemented each other really well. It, it seems that way. Just, you know, g getting a sense of it, from the from the footage and from your story uh, and just from the film itself, there seemed to be such a beautiful push and pull between the two of you that helped create this these incredible images, uh, many of whom are so iconic. You know, it, it's really incredible. And and even you know, one of the things I love about this is, is the fact that it talks about how how you did these things because. You know, nowadays we cycle everything through a computer. Mm -hmm. It's just how we work, but that's not how you did. Was no. was there something about that time that you feel like maybe maybe we've lost in our creativity? Yeah, I do. I, I feel that nowadays, uh, I, I'm. I, don't get me wrong. I embrace digital uh, sure. work and, and I and, and embrace the tools that the digital age gives us. You, you know, if I'd had Photoshop. Uh, 50 years ago, I would have bloody used it, I can tell you. But what happened in those days was when you were making collages and uh, and taking pictures where things needed adjustment and things like that, you know, and in the dark room working with uh, chemicals and enlargers and film, uh, it was very tactile. So what would happen is you'd create an image and then you'd have time to consider it. So often with hypnosis work, we might do five or six variations of a color, all the same subject, but different angles, different collages, different color tones, whatever. And we'd study them for, you know, maybe a week coming in, looking at them every day. Which one's the best? What works the best? What do we feel about that? The problem is nowadays you don't have time to think like that. You don't have the luxury of of time and you know when somebody asks me to do something now you know i'm still the creative director of pink floyd and they say oh we need an album cover we need it quickly you know we need it by next week you know i have to to resort to every means possible to get it done and digital photography uh digital work in in retouching on photoshop and all the rest of it uh means that i can do it but it's not considered the way it was and i don't mean considered in terms of whether it's good or bad i mean considered in terms of taking the time out to really think about what you're doing like a painter would a painter would generally paint a picture and then study it and decide to change it or not or whatever there's no time now 
And that in those days was a luxury that we had and afforded us to get the best out of our pictures. Yeah, yeah I, I hear what you're saying. That's that's phenomenal and, and so true. Um, I guess what I'd love to hear from you then is what defines great art to you? Because you've you've created these incredible things. You put in the time. How do you know that you found something great or what is great to you? I don't think it's for me to say what is great art in terms of hypnosis work. Hmm. But what I will say is I think when I designed the Pink Floyd exhibition, Their Mortal Remains, for the Victorian Albert Museum in London, which was the biggest exhibition they've ever had and had an attendance of 415,000 people and consisted of a huge amount of hypnosis work that was done for Pink Floyd. It was the first time that a serious museum said, you guys deserve to be here, which after 40 odd years to be recognized rather than just a picture on a piece of card, uh, an album cover, a throwaway thing was, uh, was joy to my ears. It really was. I was over the moon about that. And since then, I've had endless exhibitions in museums and this film and books that have been written recently have taken the medium seriously. It's no longer pop art in terms of pop music. It's now considered that the work that we did in the 1970s was culturally significant mm. and actually changed the look of many things, uh, advertising for one, uh, good or bad. Uh, but and and has stood the test of time. I mean, you've only got to look at things like the imagery we did for Dark Side of the Moon, that symbol, that prism symbol. I mean, you you walk down the street, you'll see it on every other kid's T-shirt. You'll see it on their sneakers. You know, young people like that image. You know, and that which is fifty years old this year um, is incredibly flattering. I'm very flattered that that still is uh, is still going strong. And I think most of the album covers that you see in the film. And, and the, uh, the things that Anton has decided to show have stood the test of time. They're interesting pictures. They haven't gone away and people still respect them and are in attendance. Absolutely. Like you, you're absolutely right. You know, the dark side of the moon, especially, I mean, that I see that often people just wearing it. And I'm, sometimes I wonder, I'm like, do you, I know what the album is but the image is so iconic um i, I know we're running out of time but just before oh, we go carry on. i i just wanted to ask you one more thing is i mean we we've seen these creative images these like you said many of them are so iconic now is it is it a challenge for the artist like yourself because i think it's sort of addressed in the film as well once you once you create an image and release it the image, the meaning of it, and its and its connection to culture sort of changes based on the viewer. I was just mm -hmm. wondering, from an artist's perspective, is that difficult? Because you have your intent, you have your meaning, uh, and then you know somebody comes along and and slaps it on a T-shirt and and sees it a different way. I don't have a problem with uh, the commercialization of images that we did at all. Um, it's a bit like um, Citroen calling a car Picasso. You know, they paid the Picasso Foundation a large sum of money to call their car by that name. I don't have an issue with it at all. What I do have an issue with 
is when people change the intent. And an example of this would be Houses of the Holy, where there are naked children running up the rocks, the giant's causeway in Northern Ireland, and people criticize it today uh, as being, uh, you know, not politically correct. I do understand that. I keep pace with modern times too. But at the time it was done, it was done in all innocence. The parents were there, my wife was there, everything, you know, and it was taken from an image from Arthur C. Clarke's Childhood's End, which at the end of the book, all the children of the earth go up in a huge fiery ball uh, to escape the overlords who are going to take over the earth. So, you know, there's a logic logic to it there's a, a cerebral thought behind it it's not just a kind of a you know kind of fun picture that's just about naked children it's not and what i also find deeply offensive is that i can walk into any museum in any city in the world and see renaissance paintings between 1550 to about 1690 the rape of the saved by women by rubens is a perfect example where you know, genitalia of women, men, children, everything is highly defined in a very photographic fashion, painted like that. And nobody complains about that. And yet sometimes I get criticized that House of the Holy perhaps was, uh, was too much for today's taste. Well, it wasn't intended like that. And I am greatly resentful about it. I hear you. I hear you. And thank you. Honestly, Poe, I very much appreciate your time and I very much appreciate the film. It's It's a beautiful piece. And I wish you the best. Thank you. I'm pleased you like the film. I do too, actually. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's great. It's great. And I, uh, I'm grateful. Thank you. I... Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Bye. Great. Have a great day. And you. Thanks. Bye-bye.